0: Classes in session. You're listening to Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshick. Let's go! Now, let's start the show. What's up, podcast listeners? Thank you so much for checking out today's show. This is episode 14 of the Squat University podcast. The goal with each and every one of these shows is to bring you as much value-packed content to help you move better in the gym and in life decrease your body's aches and pains, and help you reach your true athletic potential. Today, we're gonna talk about IT band pain and how you can successfully kickstart the healing process if this is an injury you are dealing with. So therefore, the title of today's class will be Fixing IT Band Pain. Let's get right into it. So what exactly is the IT band? Well, it's actually a thick piece of fascia, which is basically like a dense piece of connective tissue that runs from the top of your hip all the way to the outside or lateral part of your knee. It connects to your tensor fascia latae or TFL muscle on the upper part of your hip, and it also has connections to your glute max, the big butt muscle on the backside of your body, uh, the lateral hamstrings, and the lateral quad. So it basically runs down the lateral or outside part of your leg and attaches to a bunch of muscles on its way down. Now here's a big question a lot of people have. How does IT band pain occur? Now, historically, this injury has been thought to be more of a repetitive overuse injury, mostly found in runners. Typically, those who have IT band syndrome, it will be someone who's a runner who will experience a lot of pain on the lateral part of their knee the more they run. So the longer runs they have, the more the pain will come out. In fact, if we talk about prevalence-wise, if you look at research, IT band syndrome has been found to be you know, mostly upwards of like 12% of almost all running related injuries. However, we also see it from time to time in those participating in weight training because of the repetitive nature of a lot of the things that we do. Now, it's obviously even more possible for someone to have this injury, especially if they're participating in a sport or just a workout like CrossFit that has combinations of running and a lot of repetitive movements of weight training. Now the exact reason why this problem develops, it's a little debatable. Some people cite uh, the pain comes out because of excessive friction. Other people believe it's more of a compressive issue. So let's dive deep into this for a second. The initial thought process by many, especially in the medical community, was that that IT band pain started because the IT band itself was excessively tight. And it's repetitively shifting forward and backwards over this prominent notch of your femur or thigh bone that sticks out in the lateral part of your knee as your knee bends and strains. It's called your lateral femoral condyle. Basically, if you look down at your thigh right now, there's a part of your femur that can stick out a little bit, a little bit of a bony notch. In that part, the IT band at first was thought to almost flip over back and forth and that friction underneath the IT band eventually causes inflammation and pain. That's the original thought process. However, we found that through recent research that the IT band is actually firmly attached to this part of the femur by strong fibrous strands that actually prevent it from rolling over that notch like previously thought. In fact, the rolling movement that many see when they look at the knee at that part, when the knee is flexed and then strained or bent and strained It's actually not true movement, but instead it's almost just a shifting of the tension in the IT band. So basically as the knee is progressively bent, there is tension that is shifting from the the forward or anterior part of the IT band fibers to the backward part. So unlike previously thought, the IT band does not shift or flick over that bony prominence on the lateral part of your knee. It's just a shifting in the tension of the fibers. For this reason, we believe that the problem that creates pain is not due to friction underneath the IT band, but instead due compression of a layer of highly innervated fat. Basically, there's this little fat pad, basically, that is underneath the IT band. It's almost a cushion for the band against the femur. And it has a lot of nerves that run through it. When the IT band is compressed against it because there's so many nerves of that fat pad, it can lead to pain. What this means is that it's not the IT band itself, but the tissues underlying its attachment to the lateral knee that is the pain generator in IT band syndrome. Now, for all my exercise science and medical nerds out there, uh, this is medically classified as a form of encethopathy. That's the type of injury you would call uh, the injury, basically. Uh, For everyone else out there, you'll never need to know a word like that in your life, so don't even worry about rewinding and listening to that again. So let's now talk about What is causing the pain? Why does it even start in the first place? Well, if you guys remember back to the classic Adam Sandler movie, Happy Gilmore, which is definitely one of my favorite movies of his. Well, there's a character in the movie who played the golf coach named Chubbs. And what did he like to say? It's all in the hips. And boy, was he right. The muscles of the sides of your hips are responsible for two main actions, moving your leg away from your body and postural stability basically not allowing your hips to shift either way your pelvis to stay level not allowing your knee to cave in this is a lot of what we talked about in episode 11 of the podcast which was basically covering glute meat anatomy now when we perform barbell lifts like the squat claim the deadlift any barbell lift the muscles on the sides of your hips turn on and ensure your knees stay in line with your feet they limit knee collapse Now, one of these large muscles that are responsible for stabilizing the knee is called your glute medius. Again, we talked about this in depth in episode 11. The posterior aspect of this muscle, the part that is closest to your glute max is responsible for maintaining external rotation torque of the hip and therefore limits this internal rotation collapse of the knee. Now, if this muscle is not firing correctly, so we have a coordination problem, or it's just plain weak, the body will start to compensate by calling other muscles that surround it to work overtime in order to try to limit this unwanted internal collapse. Basically, the body's like, hey, Muscle A, you're not working very well. I need to recruit some other muscles so my body just doesn't completely collapse. So, hey, uh, muscle over here, come on, start working double time so hopefully we can not move like crap. Now, typically, the muscle that is most often recruited during this problem is the TFL, the muscle that's right next to it, more a little bit towards the forward part of the body. Now, this muscle isn't necessarily extremely strong, but it does attach to a very thick and fibrous piece of tissue, your IT band, that runs down the rest of your leg and connects, like we talked about, to the lateral part of the knee. When the TFL contracts excessively, it places a tremendous amount of tension on the IT band in an effort to stabilize the knee. If you actually look at some research, um, a lot of people think that the only um, part of your body that is limiting knee collapse is just your muscles. The IT band itself actually plays a significant role in limiting internal collapse of the knee, it's just not the entire role. So you have a combination of muscular forces and we would call them passive forces or the uh, parts of your body that can't necessarily contract. Like your IT band, it actually provides a good amount of lateral stability for your knee but If the TFL is being overused, it will increase tension on that IT band pain in order to help stabilize the knee. So instability problem solved, right? Unfortunately, no. While the TFL is great on kicking the leg away from the body, like we talked about a couple episodes ago, the movement of abduction, it's also an internal rotator of the hip. It's got more than just one action. So as the body becomes fatigued, this small muscle does not limit internal collapse of the knee very well like the glute medius does. Eventually the body starts moving poorly and the excessive amount of tension placed on the IT band leads to harmful compressive sources, compressive forces at that internal or insertional part of the lateral knee and pain eventually sets in. So let's go over this one more time. Glute medius is not working well. Either it's not coordinating well and turning on at the right time, or it's just plain weak. So the body compensates. The body says, hey, TFL, kick on. Give us some extra help right now. Well, the TFL is not a very good worker at creating external rotation and abduction or kicking the leg away. So when it becomes fatigued, it kicks on excessively it's being overworked which increases tension on the it band which then increases compressive forces at that lateral part of the knee so you have to look at this entire pathway for how the pain is generated at the start it's not just a problem at your lateral knee even though that's the site of pain the problem originates all the way up at the hip So now let's go over the most important part of the podcast and the part that all of you guys have been waiting for. How do you fix this pain? Well, the first part, let's talk about soft tissue work. The first step in treating a lot of this problem is to decrease soft tissue stiffness, which means some self soft tissue mobilization. Now, many of you are probably sitting and listening to this right now and saying in your head, but I heard you shouldn't foam roll the IT band. Well, There's actually a ton of people right now that are demonizing foam rolling for treatment at IT Band Center. They'll often cite the fact that obviously the pain is created due to compression of the fat pad, so therefore, compression treatment, which is basically foam rolling, of the IT Band doesn't bring out lasting results and can make symptoms worse by creating even more compression. Well, obviously, that part is true, but let's break down this assumption as a whole. When I was going through physical therapy school, we had an anatomy lab the first year where we dissected cadavers and basically cut into the IT band so we could learn about the body more. Let me tell you, the IT band is extremely thick. It's a really thick piece of tissue. For this reason, deep tissue work like foam rolling the IT band or any scraping like Raston technique or Theragun, stuff like that, it's not going to make a lot of change in the tissue uh, itself. You're not going to change the IT band. However... The IT band also has connections with many other muscles of the lower leg, like we talked about, uh, because of the fascia that surrounds everything. Remember, fascia is a spider web of connective tissue, which runs through, envelops, and connects a lot of different tissues. When I'm talking about doing foam rolling or soft tissue work to your leg whenever you have IT band syndrome, I'm not talking about just foam rolling the IT band. We're talking about foam rolling your lateral leg and hitting different areas that connect to the IT band, such as your lateral quad or vastus laterals. Talking about hitting your biceps femoris, which is your lateral hamstring, your glutes, and remember the TFL. Remember, the TFL is being excessively overworked. If we can hit... All those we can work on the restrictions in those muscles that contribute to excessive tension on the it band itself now trigger points in these muscles can refer pain also to the lateral part of the knee mimicking the exact symptoms of it band syndrome so for this reason foam rolling the lateral thigh to address mobility restrictions in those tissues can be extremely beneficial at decreasing lateral knee pain now When you foam roll, obviously I don't want you to foam roll over the lateral part of that knee that has the pain. Obviously, if you do that, what you're doing is you're adding more compression to an area that is already a compressive injury. Remember the IT band, when it's stiff, it pushes down on that piece of fat that's right underneath it cushioning it, but is also filled with a lot of nerves. So you are adding more compression to a compressive injury. So we never want a foam roll, we never want a scrape, we never want a Theragun directly over that painful site. But we can hit the lateral quads, the lateral hamstrings, the glutes, and especially that TFL. Because restrictions in those areas, if there's stiffness, if there's trigger points, and yes, for all my physical therapy chiropractor nerds out there, yes, there's a lot of debate over whether or not trigger points exist but all I'm gonna say is if you have soft tissue restrictions that is something that we can all agree on can contribute to issues elsewhere so soft tissue work to those areas foam roll for one to two minutes just up and down the leg find some painful spots if you have a painful spot that's stiff sit on it for one to two minutes work it out go very slow and it can be very helpful now obviously what I don't want you to do and we've all, we have all know someone that does this. They jump on a foam roller and they go extremely fast up and down their leg. Let me tell you, that does not do anything. If you're going to foam roll, you have to go slow. You have to put a ton of force into the tissue that you're trying to make a change in. And whether or not you think, because you saw on Instagram or Twitter or something, that someone said foam rolling is useless, let me tell you, foam rolling can be very helpful. Yes, the change may not be permanent, But there's a lot of research that shows that foam rolling and doing soft tissue work like that can lead to improvements in mobility. And even if it's short term in its nature, it can be helpful for that session because it's going to allow your body to move better, which can then allow us to do these other exercises that we're going to talk about next to address the actual why behind it. So even though it may not have a long term lasting impact, that doesn't mean that the impact that it gives you isn't beneficial. So we need to understand the why behind everything we're doing and how it all fits and is a piece of the puzzle that fits into creating the entire picture, which is your rehab plan. So let's talk about the next step. So after step one, which is some soft tissue work, again, this should not take you an hour. You should not be foam rolling or doing soft tissue work for an hour. I'm talking a couple minutes. Max, get your butt up. Now we go to step two, okay? This is the strengthening phase. Once some of that pain has subsided or a little bit of that uh, soft tissue restrictions, what whether or not you've been able to work those out, we then need to address why the pain started in the first place. It all starts with why. If you remember back to that long explanation in the entire path for how the pain has started, this means addressing the glute medius weakness or coordination problem that we talked about earlier. Now, there's a few ways that we, can heat, that we can hit the glute medius. Uh, the most easy is a lateral side bridge or side plank. This would be called an isometric exercise. So basically, there's muscle contraction, but there's no joint movement. So get into a, uh, a side plank or a side bridge, pick your hips off the bed, If you uh, are very weak, you can do these off your knees, so a modified side bridge. Uh, If you feel like you can do it in a full side plank with uh, your feet on the ground, do that. Uh, Start by holding maybe sets of 30 seconds and do a number of them. While most people think that that is a great core exercise, which it is, um, it is also working your glute medius to a large extent. A lot of people don't understand that. There's a huge hip involvement with the side bridge or side plank exercise. Now another simple exercise that you can do in the early treatment process is called a clamshell. Lay on your side with your knees bent, you're going to have a resistance band around your knee. Now, a lot of people ask the type of resistance bands that I use. Um, in our physical therapy practice, we use TheraBand, T-H-E-R-A, TheraBand. Um, you can you obviously find a number of different bands on the market. Um, what I want you to do, find something that works for you. You can go on different sites, performbetter.com, roguefitness.com. Find a band that works for you and is within your price point. I'm the last person that's going to try to sell you a specific type of band because there's so many different types of bands out there. You want to find something that works for you and is within your price point. I'm not trying to sell you uh, the Aaron Horschig Squat University band out there. Okay, find something that works for you. Um, But basically, you're going to be on your side. You're going to rotate your leg upwards like a clamshell opening. You're going to hold this position for three seconds while squeezing your lateral glutes and then you're going to drop it back down. Now make sure that your low back and pelvis don't rotate completely open when you're doing this. We want to keep all the pressure in the lateral part of your hip. So uh, make sure that your band is across your knees and that it's difficult enough to do. Um, If you look at the TheraBand material specifically, there's a number of different grades. It starts with yellow uh, as the easiest resistance, then goes red, green, blue, black. Sometimes there's a silver depending on the type of brand that you're using. But find a resistance of the band that's difficult um, to open and maintain. And again, it's not just opening the clamshell and back down. That is the best way to hit the glute medius. We want to be able to hold it because, again, there's a stabilizing effect of the glute medius. It's not just a muscle that strengthens and moves the leg, but it maintains position. That's the way that we need to hit the glute medius so that it can have an effect on the way in which we move throughout our workouts and throughout our day. So, um, you can also perform some band walks, lateral band walks uh, with the band across your knees or feet. If you've seen some of the posts I've shared across social media, I love to put this band around the tops of my feet when doing these lateral band walks. This will actually be much harder for you than if you put the band across your ankles. Now, if you have a very thick band, like for example, the Mark Bell band that he uh, sells, Um, The best way to do that's around your knees. You actually won't be able to move it as much if you put it around your feet. So put that around your knees, it'll work just fine. Now, when you're doing this exercise, think about driving lateral by pushing from your trail. leg. remember, the glute medius, like we said, is a stabilizer of the pelvis. So if you're reaching laterally with your forward leg, you will actually be performing that mostly with your TFL Uh, When you push sideways with your trail leg, your glute medius uh, is being worked to a greater degree because you're working it in the underlying way that that muscle should be worked. You're stabilizing the pelvis and keeping it from tipping when you're pushing sideways. Now, in order to have lasting results with our strengthening exercises, we eventually need to perform our corrective exercises in a way that mimic real life movements. This is why people call this functional training It's supposed to mimic real life situations for us in the purpose of listening to this podcast. We're talking about strength training, barbell lifting. Obviously, the squat is a huge component of that. Now, the single leg version, the touchdown squat is the first exercise I want to share with you today. All you're going to do, you're going to grab a small box, you're going to make a stack of weights, and again, this can be a stack of plates that starts off with just a 45-pound or a 25-kilo plate, depending on what type of gym you're in. It doesn't need to be very tall for most people at the start. You're going to perform a single leg squat by pushing your butt back first, so you're engaging your glutes, your hip hinging, then you're going to keep your knee in line with your feet, no knee claps, you're going to squat down, tap your free leg, and then come all the way back up. Now, doing this movement in front of a full-length mirror can be very helpful for some people if you have a mirror either in your house, in the gym that you're in, so you can see what is happening at your pelvis. Most people who have IT band pain are gonna have a difficult time uh, keeping their hips level and will allow their free leg to drop, their pelvis will drop during this uh, mini single leg squat as a compensation for that poor coordination and strength of the glute medius. Remember, the glute medius, its job is not only to limit knee collapse, but it's also to maintain pelvis position. So this is also a good screening tool because remember each and every exercise you do in the gym is not only in itself an exercise, but a diagnostic tool to understand what is moving well or not moving well in your body. If you attempt to do a single leg squat and you cannot keep your pelvis level, as you squat down that's an indicator that your glute muscles are not working as well as they should so doing this single leg squat doing it in front of a mirror so you can watch how your pelvis is moving and keeping your hips level and your knee in line with the lateral part of your foot is key now we're talking about doing this as a corrective exercise in order for a corrective exercise to be beneficial and have carryover to your main lifts like your squat your deadlift your clean, You have to do it two ways. A, we have to do it correctly. Obviously, that should be a no-brainer. Perfect execution. This is key because a lot of people, they'll think just doing the exercise is going to have carryover. No, you have to do it with perfect technique. This is why for some people, a single leg squat like this, You can get a lot of benefit out of just doing it off a two-inch box. It doesn't need to be, unless you're ready for it, off an eight-inch box, a 12-inch box. It doesn't have to be a pistol squad. I had a couple years back, I had an NFL lineman that was coming to work with me. And this guy's, I mean, he's huge. He's like 320 pounds. He's a starting NFL lineman. He's extremely strong. This guy could not do a two-inch box touchdown. Obviously, he's there for me for a reason because he was having a lot of hip issues and knee issues, and when I asked him to do a single leg squat, he could barely do it. Now, I don't expect a 320-pound lineman in the NFL to be able to do a pistol squat, but I sure as heck expect him to be able to do at least a 6-inch a single leg squat because it's functional. If he gets pushed off balance by a rushing defensive lineman, he's going to have to have the necessary control of his body to control his big body down a couple inches and not let that knee collapse over his pelvis to collapse because then he's in a bad position to perform his sport in the same way. Every single one of us, no matter if you're a weightlifter, a powerlifter, a crossfitter, just an avid gym-goer, you should have the capability to perform a single-leg squat. Just because you may never train pistols because you're not a competitive crossfitter doesn't mean a single-leg version of the squat is not important for you movement capability-wise. Okay, so Corrective exercise with perfect technique is the first thing. The second thing, we have to do a lot of repetitions. Again, we're talking about improving the coordination of your body in the way in which you're moving. This doesn't come with just doing three sets of five. Now, yeah, if you're doing bench press or squat, three sets of five, sure, you're working strength, you're using a lot of weight. Three sets of five is not doing a lot for your single leg squat, especially when you're trying to educate your body, re-educate your body in the way in which it should be moving. So for this reason, we need to do a lot of repetitions. We're working your body. We're training it to move differently. So for these single leg squats, two to three sets of 20 reps every single day, that high repetition range is going to teach your body how to move well. Again, another great strengthening exercise is the single leg RDL, Romanian deadlift. Now, along with the single leg squat, these exercises are two of the best at activating both the glute medius and the glute max. So how do you perform a single leg RDO? Well, start in a single leg stance like we did, again, with the single leg squat. Establish your stable tripod foot. Now remember, doing these exercises with your shoes off first to focus on foot stability is a great idea. You want to be able to focus on first creating that uh, stable tripod foot. Your foot's almost grabbing the ground like you have a monkey foot. You have uh, your weight spread across to your heel, the base of your first toe, the base of your fifth toe. While you're doing these exercises, you want to consciously think about what is going on at your foot. Because if while you're going down into the squat, while you're going down to the RDL, if your foot's collapsing... If it's rotating out to the side, so almost uh, falling onto its side, your foot, your body is becoming off balance. Your foot is the base to your body's house of cards. And if you are becoming off balance during these corrective exercises, again, back to that cue that we just talked about for a while, uh, you are not having perfect technique. So you're not having good corrective exercise use because it's not going to carry over. Your body is off balance and you're not going to have that efficient carry over to your lifts. So. Start with a good single leg stance, your shoes off, you're creating good stability. Hold a small weight, a dumbbell or kettlebell works great uh, in your opposite hand of your stance leg. You're gonna brace your core, drive your free leg backwards and lower your chest forward towards the ground. You wanna maintain a slight bend in your stance leg knee the entire time. Um, I like to use the cue as your hip as like the center of a teeter totter. If you're doing this correctly, you'll feel your hamstrings of your stance leg tighten, uh, but there will not be any tightness in your low back. That's a big key. Make sure you're bracing your core as you're teeter-tottering over with the RDL. Ensure your knee stays in correct alignment with your stable foot the entire time. So we wanna make sure that we're engaging our glutes, our hamstrings, the posterior chain, but we're also limiting any internal rotation. Again, this is why the single leg RDL is so great at engaging your glute max, the big butt muscle, and also your lateral glute, your glute medius, which is a stabilizer. Again, we want to do a lot of reps, two sets of 15 to 20 reps. Uh, And I would do these again almost every day or every other day. So the final thoughts time of today's podcast, treating IT band syndrome takes a comprehensive approach of both Soft tissue work, like we talked about with the foam rolling, not over the IT band, but over all the connections and strengthening or coordination work of the lateral glutes and the big glute max in order to find lasting results. You have to treat the why. It is not just about a lot of people say they have IT band pain and they're getting grassed and done. They're getting Theragun. They're doing taping techniques with kinesio tape. All of that is secondary or doesn't even work at all because you're approaching treating the pain by trying to treat the site of pain. You're not treating the underlying why. So I hope today's podcast was helpful in in allowing you to understand this injury a little bit more and why foam rolling itself should be a part of the process, but not the uh, the whole process itself. Uh, If you are unable to find relief with these different things that I discussed today, I definitely recommend going to see a medical professional that understands how to treat this injury. So again, I want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for listening to today's podcast. It means so much to me to have your attention. This past week, I've continued to talk to a bunch of you guys over Twitter. Twitter, over Instagram DM that are enjoying the podcast. It means so much to me to have you guys listen and share this podcast with each and every one of your friends. Um, I hope you're enjoying the content. There's a lot more to come. So until next week, guys, happy squatting. That's it for today, class, on Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horschig. For more exclusive content, log on to squatuniversity.com.